0: welcome to flipping real estate like the pros here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted there's no bs no fluff there's zero guru talk just real real estate flipping knowledge here's your host greg simpson Hey guys, today with me, I have Robert Seifert. Uh, Rob is the uh, founder of Portfolio Real Estate, uh, which offers turnkey real estate opportunities to investors who want to avoid the dangers and pitfalls of real estate investing in today's market. Today, Robert is considered one of the leading experts in the field of turnkey real estate investing. As a member of the REWW, which is the Real Estate Worldwide Mentorship Team, Rob specializes in showing investors how to invest long distance, manage properties, and raise capital and maximize their investing dollars. Rob, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's a pleasure. So Rob, fill in the gaps there on your real estate investing career. Like how'd you get started? Tell us a little bit about your your family life and all that good stuff for the listeners.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, How I got started, I've I've wanted to be in real estate forever since I watched a uh, Russ Whitney webinar back when I was about 18 years old. And always had that itch ever since. I didn't get started, though. I did like um, well, a lot of people and probably listeners that are listening, but not doing anything right. I read a ton of books. I went to Rich Dad Poor Dad seminars. I had the dream, but I followed what my parents wanted me to do, which was go get a good job, do well in school, and you know, live that life. Um, until about four years ago, I finally decided that I needed to just go all in. Um, essentially it was a good, good mentor that I had in the financial industry where I worked before, um, said something about, you know, the one thing you focus on is what you'll be the most successful at. And right now you're trying to do two things. So in that I decided to go into real estate and thought that I'd work so many less hours by doing such, mm-hmm. um, and have this amazing amount of money and lifestyle with my family. And it really turned into, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my family, love my lifestyle, but the first couple of years were definitely a lot of work. but I flipped wholesale and JV down a couple hundred houses, ended up owning a management company that had 500 doors under its portfolio, and um, then I stumbled across REWW and uh, actually sought out some mentorship there to learn how to take what I had learned over those couple of years and turn it into, you know what their, what their family was known for in the turnkey industry and, and kind of copy that model. Um, so a couple of years ago, I did that. We started doing turnkey investments, got rid of the old management company, started a whole new one under one whole philosophy. We create the best there is, and that's the only thing that we sell and the only thing that we manage. Fast forward a couple of years. In the last couple of years, we all of that, by the way, was in Metro Detroit, Michigan area where I grew up and was born and raised. Um, it's almost a couple of years now. We upped and moved to Tampa, Florida. Um, in that, we run everything virtually. We've actually about to up, we're launching actually today on our software that we've been building over the last couple of years, going into the software industry. And we've since made some tweaks to our business model and start doing a lot more wholesaling in Michigan and also in Florida now, and occasionally do a turnkey property for specific investors and their needs. Um, and I have a new baby boy on the way. So that's cool family. And I have a 20 year old that'll be 21 next month out in Virginia Beach in the Navy. That's a roundabout.
0: Fantastic, man. Um, so. Let's kind of recap a couple things there. You were, you're born in Michigan or were you you born in Michigan? Yes. Okay. You're born in Michigan and you moved down to sunny, sunny Tampa, Florida. Tell us a little bit about what made you take the, the full jump. Like what was that thing that really pushed you over the edge to jump into the full, full time into real estate?
1: Yeah, it was, um, I kept thinking about real estate. I worked for a finance company and I kept trying to talk to the owner's and say, man, then we should add, you know, rental properties to our mix. Like that should be something that we offer investors in their portfolio structure that we do. And I did that for a couple of years, you know, and knew a lot about real estate was like, you know, I just see, I could run this, I get it, I know it. And finally it was literally, we just had, we had private one-on-one meetings with the owner of the company, um, trying to help us escalate to the next level, uh, to help our families and help us grow as individuals. And in that some of the meetings we we just started talking about being very clear about what you want and right and mm-hmm. he he realized the reason that I wasn't at the next level in the finance company was simply that I was trying to do two things at once I was trying to be one of the best financial advisors under that roof but I was also trying to figure out real estate so I had I was playing both sides, essentially, the way he said it. Um, and he said, "You're you're never going to excel at either one. I can't teach you anymore to be at the upper echelon of our company, but I can I can almost guarantee that the reason you're not is because it's not 100 of who you are and what you do." Um, so, it literally, I went home, came back that Monday, and something clicked. And it was just, you know, what? This is why I've not figured out how to do real estate over the last ten years because I've never once just Given it 100% of who I am, right? So I did, I just yep. I appreciate the opportunity. I gotta go, you're right. I gotta go pursue 100% of something and real estate's gonna be what it is. All
0: right, Alliance, there's a reason I asked Rob that question, because Rob and I have actually met several times in person, we've, we've had some mastermind meetings and he's told me that story already. And I wanted to make sure he got that out there because I think that's one of the most important things that you guys need to understand you guys can't do this business half-assed. I know there's a lot of gurus out there. There's a lot of uh, coaches and mentors that tell you you can do this business in your spare time for only 10 hours a week. And guys, that's totally 100% bullshit. Would you agree, Rob? I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and I, you know, you guys, I, I like to keep it real with you guys that are listening right now. You know, I don't sugarcoat anything. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring Robin and tell a little bit of his story is because you have to go all in. I did this business half-assed in the beginning because I owned another business. And once I got that business out of like I recognized that that business was not for me and not going to provide for myself and my future family, I had to get the hell out of there and you have to go all in. So if you guys are on the fence, sitting there in your car, or you're sitting there at your desk, listening to this podcast, you have to make a decision. Either you go all in or you don't even, I don't think you should even bother to be perfectly honest with you. So Uh, I hope that's not too blunt for you guys, but honestly, I don't really care because that's where you guys need to have your mindset and your mentality uh, if you're going to go into this business or you're going to really go all in. So Rob, tell us about your very first deal. How did you find it and what were the kind of the mechanics of that deal?
1: (sighs) Um, So the very first deal actually was my family knew that I wanted to go into real estate. It was something I was talking about. So I did it before I actually left the company. And what it was, was a, uh, I was, I was meeting, I was looking at opening up like uh, a franchise, like, well, maybe this is the little solution I need. So I I actually found the guy who used to run the biggest home investors franchise. We buy ugly houses, Mm -hmm. um, Michigan for over 10 years. And I started having lunches with him to try to figure out how to get into real estate. And then my family said, well, uh, we'll call it a probate, right? It was a referral. One of my aunts called me and had a deal with her. I think it was her mother-in-law, and that they they needed their house to be sold. Right, that she was going into nursing care, and the house had to be sold as part of that process. So there was probate involved and all of that. And the deal ended up we I called the homevestors friend that became he became my friend. We went and looked at the house he kind of taught me a little bit walked me through the house told me what he looks for in renovation how he figured it he's at that point he had it down to a science right like he'd mm-hmm. walk through and pointed out some things like don't have a garbage disposal and a rental we're going to get rid of the garage door so he's kind of teaching me he made an offer and then it actually took over Four months to do that deal because we ran into issues with probate court needing court approval. Like As usual, <laughs> verifying all stuff. And I didn't know at the time; it just was dragging out me getting paid. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, but eventually, it did. So eventually, I think on that deal, I made uh, a forty-five hundred dollar assignment fee, which was one of the issues in court too. So mm. we creatively got me paid. Thankfully, the the buyer was someone I built a relationship and Actually, now looking back, that that, that explains why everything I've done has been around building relationships with people. Yeah, so made forty five hundred on that deal and actually turned that into buying a program on real estate to try to learn better how to market and find more deals like that. Okay. That was the first one.
0: Who was that program you bought, if
1: you don't mind? Yeah, the guy's name, he's actually here in Florida. His name is Tim Taylor.
0: Okay. I have not heard of Tim.
1: Yeah, so he's local in St. Pete. Um, he's, oh, really? he's more of a he's a older school mentor. I actually ended up he was my first mentor after the uh, after I quit my job actually hired him to mentor me in the beginning.
0: Okay. So Rob, you kind of do a very niche business. how did you find that niche? Was that just because of your investment background or how did that actually come about the the niche that you're in? And tell us a little bit about that niche.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think some of it's mindset, right? The Russ Whitney thing that I watched when I was a kid was about owning a rental property besides your own home. And then going into finance later right? That was the thing that I was always focused on mentally was rental properties are a return on investment. So for me, it was easy to relate it to like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and why rental real estate was better. Um, and then when I actually started, I did a ton, a couple hundred deals in 14 months. And looking over that, it ended up being over 90% of those were rentals. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Hmm, okay, why don't I just and then I started learning about turnkey rentals and a big company called Memphis Invest, who are amazing at that. Yep. And um sought them out and said, you know what, I want I want to do it like you guys are doing. And we're just wholesaling properties that are rented. Like that's all right. But I don't feel good at the end of the day the way they're this this big, huge hedge fund style buyer is buying them. And then they're saying they're turnkey and they're this and they're that, but that's not what they're asking for. Like they have a checklist of what can be wrong with it. And to me, it needed to be you know, a retail style home that was super high quality. And that's what made sense to me always. So that's kind of how I developed into that niche. And then working with Kent, kind of developed like, well, let's go back to what you care about. What do you stand for? What do you stand against? You know, And those things will start to make your business decisions for you. So I got very focused on that stuff. And that's kind of what brought me in turnkey. I, I stood for just very high quality, high standards, huge integrity. And those things made me only wanna sell properties for a while um, that were 100% rehab by me and I knew exactly that they were going to produce, right? I seen too many people buy rental properties that weren't that and then they failed and they didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a combination of both. I think it was the finance company led to it. I, I'm a big believer in dots in the past add up and I, I think I learned all those things to make me really good at that in
0: real estate. Fantastic. So you may have already answered this question but I always love to ask everybody, what was the turning point in your real estate business that put you over the hump? Was it going all in or was there something different?
1: Um, I'd say I had two. Okay. One, one was three, but it'll relate together. One one was going all in. Absolutely without that. I, I agree with what you said earlier, right? It, I tried the five, 10 hours reading a program, studying, putting out some bandit signs on the side, right? And shit just never worked. <laughs> um, and I literally couldn't understand, like, I mean, not to get too deep into my story, but I literally took my rent check in one of those months and spent it on marketing and got deals and then couldn't sell. them. Right. So uh-huh. <laughs> until I went it all in, right. That was that, that I didn't, I didn't, I had the one deal, but that was family and it was something else. And then it took me over six months after that to do another deal. And the part that clicked it was relationships. Relationships actually got me my first deal, and got me my second. Got me into the hedge fund, and got me into the other thing. I'm um, So ah, I should actually say that relationships, networking, building relationships, is what took my business off. Because that's that's how I ended up doing a couple hundred deals in fourteen months. I didn't I didn't actually do any marketing. I didn't mm-hmm. mail out stuff. I didn't do paperclip. I didn't know none of that stuff. It was all literally relationships that did all those deals. Uh, with relationships with wholesalers, agents. Um, an attorney that led me to the hedge fund you know buyer so all that was relationships but in the middle of all that there was a there was a gray area i don't want to say it's all sh- sh- you know shiny and everything's great when you go all in and you're just a millionaire because you decided to go all in because that's not true either it still takes a lot of freaking work um, and you got to do that work every day and and you have to be but you got to be focused on it right there was a point where we lulled and one of the things that kept me in business was a great book called magic I oh, okay. actually given it away I uh, just gave it away at my last mastermind meeting because it 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 has a 28 day uh, in a row focus on gratitude okay that literally I went from doing a couple deals a month to 18 deals the next month and then averaging 19 deals a month after that so that was a pivotable wow. huge thing and then it got to the point where I was burnt out so this is why I say there's the third one the third one was I, after doing a couple hundred deals all by myself got really burnt out and didn't like, like I said, about what the way the hedge fund was buying and selling them. That's when I sought out, Ken, I actually took the whole summer off. I didn't do anything. Um, And that was probably one of the biggest shifts for me because he didn't talk to me about my business per se, which is what I thought I needed. Everything we talked about for over a month was all in my head. It was, you know, uh, my first mentor had a great phrase that he coined until you own the six inches of real estate between your ears, you'll never own real estate below your feet. Uh, and it's so can you, true. Can
0: you, can you repeat that one more time, Rob?
1: Yeah. Until you own the six inches of real estate between your ears, you will never own a piece of real estate below your feet.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I really like that. And,
1: and, and, you know, Kent, that's what he, he did the same thing. He said, let's, let's, let's figure out again Why? Right? Why do you even do real estate? Why did you come into the business? Why did you go all in? What kind of things do you stand for as a person? What do you stand against? So it helps you to determine you're not just going to do any deal because it's a potential profit because it's, it's not what I'm about. And that's how I moved to Florida too because he had me work on. Do you even know what you want out of life? Like, what's your perfect day look like? After doing that exercise, literally two months later, I signed off on getting rid of my previous management company because we just didn't believe um, in the same things, and I upped to move my family to Florida all to live the life I wanted. Boom, So, boom. love it.
0: So with all of that, tell us about a time you were going through a rough patch in the business and then how did you you force your way out of that rut?
1: Yeah, so um, I've had a couple. One, the first one where I literally zeroed for a month was uh, magic, literally. They just said, all right, well, one, I decided to go all in. I'm not going back to the job that I could if I wanted to. So that's off the plate burned my boat, so to speak. And I focused on gratitude. And actually, I would say each time that I found myself in a rut, I've, I've done that. I've pulled out the magic book. I probably went through it a few times and always went back to, all right, let me just focus on what I'm grateful for and what's good around me and what's great. And things seem to turn around when you do that, right? You, you can't fill your mind with a whole bunch of things you're grateful for and be pissed off about the world at the same time. And I think it all, again, comes back to mindset, right? If your mind is correct, and you're focused on the things you're grateful for, and you're only focused on positive things and moving forward, then good things come to you and you continue to move forward and progress. If you start to focus on negative shit that happens, right? Like, oh, something bad happened. Everything is effed up. Um, My world is ending. I suck at this. To me, there's no secret that you will continue to have things to prove that in your life and you will continue to go down a hole that makes your business worse and worse and worse. So it all comes back to mindset for me. And those are always the shifts. You have to shift something in your brain back to the focus of what you're grateful for. Even in a bad moment, there's something you could be grateful for. You could be grateful you don't live in Puerto Rico and yeah. you have power for the next few months, right? We could talk on this because we live somewhere where that isn't fortunately happened.
0: Absolutely. All right, so you've done hundreds and hundreds of deals. This is gonna be a tough one. What's the craziest deal you've ever gone through? Ooh, craziest deal. Like most bizarre thing that ever ha- could, that happened in a deal. Um,
1: I've definitely had some weird ones that I probably don't remember. Uh, I probably have some real crazy stories from being a property manager, but the, 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 the most nightmare deal that I can remember took forever. And it was a rehab on a duplex and it was probably the biggest learning lesson because we literally switched crews three times in it. Um, it was just it was just a complete mess. We had a contractor, and i had I had a j v partner back then that was my finance guy, but he also ran the cruise, but I would go check up on the job mm-hmm. and it just this house just kept turning into you know it's, it's ten fifteen thousand dollars rehab, forty grand later. oh jeez. and part of that was the crews like, oh yeah, we have to rip this wall out and do this next. and well why? It doesn't look bad. And then it ended up being um, and then we when we like analyzed some of it and we had a big deal with one of the contractors. and up being they were stealing on the job oh, site. So they, were, they would go to Home Depot and they would call it into the guy because that's how he managed his crews and they would just charge it. I'm like, dude, these numbers are not adding up and there's no reason why. And I'm a math guy. So I'm like, there's no reason why we're over budget like this. This is just absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's either you or your contractor, one of you two is stealing from me. So, and this is an Italian guy. So he definitely, we, the most strange is we ended up having this contractor and this Italian guy from the cement business and a few of his Italian buddies, we'll say, all in a meeting in his office with all the receipts. And then I started grabbing them and looking through them. And I honestly thought something was going to happen to the contractor that day Um, Mm -hmm. because they started talking Italian and they were pretty pissed as I'm saying, well, look, I'm just curious. Why would it take us like a hundred gallons of paint to paint this house? Why would it take, why is there a drill on our receipt that we bought for, the materials for this house? Why is there, you know, 20 drapes to, put, to paint with? Like you could clearly see they were buying stuff on this job for all the other stuff they did on the side probably. Um, so that was the craziest nightmare wow. job. Eventually it all worked out. We, we made good money and it was done. But yeah, that was a, that was a, I thought somebody was about to get whacked by the Italian
0: mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that it started off sounding like the, the uh, same contractor you and I used here in Tampa. Uh, that ended up being just as bad, or not? I Just as bad, but pretty close, I would bet. Yeah. Oh gosh, guys, flipping houses, we're is contractors. Yeah, flipping houses, rehabbing houses is for idiots. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's why we actually. That's why we uh,
1: switched uh, last quarter last year. Started doing more wholesaling, and now mm-hmm. we're very specific. We we do something we coined Whole Key, which is essentially we'll wholesale you a house, and then if you want it to be turnkey, we'll
0: do it for you with your money. That's exactly what we're doing too. That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Makes more sense. It does. It does. It makes a lot more sense because, you know, we just started a a handyman and project management slash construction company. So we're kind of keeping everything in house now uh, because we've noticed that every single one of our, our buyers, our investors, uh, our colleagues are all running into the same problem. So I happen to have now a phenomenal handyman, a great project manager, I was like, let's, we're working on partnering with the GC at this point for, for permitting purposes, but why not control everything and bring it in house? So now we can, we can help them acquire the properties. We can help them rehab them. Uh, and then we can also either help property management or help them resell them on the back end. Yep. It's, it's like just, it. it's kind of, it's kind of a no brainer once you've kind of been in this business long enough to just start doing stuff like that. So I like that you do. I like that whole key phrase. That's cool. So Rob, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, that's pretty easy. You gotta be consistent. I mean, that's just it.
1: At the end of the day, after coaching a ton of people, I've seen that the number one thing that makes people fail is consistency, right? Like, oh yeah, I I learned that I should do mail, so I sent out one piece of mail and I didn't get no call, so this shit doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, No it does work. You just have to keep doing it. And I'm not saying mail is the best thing, by the way. I'm just saying, whatever it is you do, make a decision, number one, that you're going to do it, a committed decision, and do it consistently over and over and over again. And I would say really the other root of that, um, but I've been doing it for a while now, is track everything. Because if you don't know where anything's coming from, you could be spending money on a bunch of stuff that's not making you any money. Yep. Um, right? And if you wouldn't know that unless you're tracking everything you do.
0: Perfect. So on that note, what is your primary marketing strategy uh, or, fo- or focus? <laughs> if you want to give that secret out, if you don't, it's, it's cool, we can edit it.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll share, we do a couple of different things. We, we've, this year has been a year of testing, right? Yep. We've done direct mail, we've done we've done pay-per-click and we've, we've done pretty much everything. This year, right now, our current focus and something that we're working very heavily on is cold calling. Mm-hmm. Um, so just calling the actual homeowners and getting deals that way. And then, and or um, doing something called a voice, voice uh, drop or voicemail mm-hmm. blast, like yep. a live broadcast and generating deals there. But I would say even, so that's like our main spend money on marketing, but I would tell you that the number one thing that brings us the most deals in a year is networking. Yep. Um, we we talk to everybody. We engage people and build relationships. And we've done over fifty percent of our business this year alone, just on the relationship business side. Just people send us deals, or you know, vice versa. We have a deal, and they have a buyer. All kinds of different scenarios. Absolutely.
0: Listen, if you guys haven't picked up on the fact that Rob and I are very big on networking and building relationships and building your strategic alliance, you guys need to go back and you need to listen to the episode with Tiffany Kellogg. I believe that was episode number eight uh, of the podcast. Uh, She is local here to Tampa as well. Uh, She is actually my referrals coach. And you guys need to listen to that episode right after this one. Go find it, listen to it. And you know, I highly suggest you learn how to be a networker. Networking is not a a natural skill. It is a learned skill. You can't just walk into a networking event and own the room without having some training done. It's just like any other type of coaching. You can't just walk in and and act like you know what you're doing. And so I highly recommend you go back and listen to Tiffany Kellogg's uh, episode right now after this uh, podcast. All right. So in this current housing market, I mean, obviously there's still there's still uh different housing markets all across the the country where they're at in the in the the cycle thank you uh with the different cycles in real estate where uh where do you think we are in our housing market and what do you think the best strategy is currently um
1: so that that kind of is why we shifted to i think the number one best strategy right now is wholesaling Mm-hmm. Um and the reason I say that, I'm I'm fortunate to be in several different masterminds in the country. And the number one topic that's been talked about for over a year now is where we're at in those cycles. Yep. And there's really only four stages, and we're probably near the um, and I'll probably mess this up because I'm, I'm not the guy that remembers this stuff, but I think it's like hyper hyperinflation. Yeah. Or yeah. Or hyper supply. Not mm-hmm. hyper supply. I'm sorry, hyperinflation, I think is where we're at. So we're we are right. three right before a recession. The biggest uh, wish I had a crystal ball for it is when is the next crash coming that is that is the most talked about thing right now. And more importantly, whether it comes, you know, in the next twelve months or the next thirty six months, there's no doubt that there is going to be one that comes. It's just the cycle of real estate and the economy in general. There there has to be a cycle. The Thing that you have to be more concerned about is that right now there's a ton of wholesalers there won't be when the next crash comes because all the people that don't know how to do business will be out of business okay. and all the people who focus on shoring up the things that are not well so a couple strategies i would focus on are uh, wholesaling number one i've seen a ton of big flippers that used to flip a couple hundred doors a year scaling that back to doing 50 50 50 wholesale 50 flips and learning how to hold rental properties or cash flow, subject to lease options, anything that's going to cash flow so that you're setting your business up to weather the downstorm um, that is to come and to put yourself in a position where you'll be able to do business while it's going down and while it's going back up.
0: Nailed it. Couldn't agree with you more. We are always doing the same thing, looking for what's coming next, what strategies we can do to make sure we are positioned for that next again that next crash or whatever but we don't have the crystal ball either over here uh, none of us do and i think it's important to have those mastermind groups to have those discussions so on that note tell us a little bit about uh i know you're part of collective genius tell us a little bit about that i mean it's not for everybody because you have to be doing a bunch of deals but tell us a little bit about that and why you think masterminds are very important um so uh
1: the collective genius is- Absolutely amazing, right? And yes, that you have to either be invited in or meet a meet a minimum criteria to even have the opportunity to get in. Um, what's unique about it though, is once you're in an environment like that, I mean, I'm in a group of over a hundred real estate guys in this industry who get to talk about this, not just from what I think in my market, but we're talking about across the entire United States, what's happening everywhere, what are the indicators? The other cool part about a mastermind, and I'm, I've been big on masterminds because I read a lot, so Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill's <laughs> Law of Success, bring you right back to the number one thing in all of that is being a part of a mastermind. And a mastermind is two or more people that get together that have a like idea and talk about it, and mastermind it essentially, right? and you just get so much. Why I'm a big proponent on it it is completely shifted my business. It's helped me stay ahead of the curve. It's helped me figure out where my business had weaknesses, and I had people around me that had the answers to fix those weaknesses because they've probably already been through it. And or you get the opportunity to help other people learn from mistakes you've made. Um, I will tell you, the software company I mentioned earlier, that is really the brainchild of going to masterminds that made me even go into that realm. Why? Because I didn't even know I had something unique until I presented it at a mastermind. And they're like, dude, so how, do, how does everyone in this room get that? I'm like, well, I don't know. I built it for me. <laughs> this, this, this just works for us. We built it for us. We spent a lot of money and time on this and it works amazing. They're like, yeah, but everyone wants what you just presented. So how do we do that? Um, and I, a year later, I'm now launching the software we've been working on from it that all sparked in a mastermind that's
0: awesome okay yeah rob so you're talking about a software that you're developing tell us a quick little bit about that and then tell us how our users can get it
1: yeah so it is uh called investor po or ipo for short think of your ipo for your business Um, essentially it's just something uh, labor love for over two years we built customized a podio for our business and how do we automate as much as possible um, and eliminate a bunch of va jobs so We've come to the conclusion that we eliminated three different jobs, saved us four or five grand a month in expenses and have our system do everything. So it does all of your tracking, all of your, you know, automated follow-up. I mean, we have, you know, year long follow-up sequences that are built into the system. So it makes sure that you're building those relationships and having real human conversations. So it's not just the basic, Hey, we call, call us, which most systems have. Ours is very elaborate and very, smart in the way that it communicates There's a few other fancy things in there that you'd have to get inside to see, um, like social profiling an entire client, live answering and running automated comps and a, a few other cool things that are in there. We should have something in your show notes that'll just have a link on how they can get that going. It's, cool it's actually in uh, its beta version right now with some users and it's going to be available to the public here shortly, probably by the time this airs.
0: Yeah, guys. So check back, we will have the show notes updated with that link. If it's not there when the podcast release, or releases, but please be on the lookout for that. And, uh, okay, Rob, I know you're a book guy just like me. So, besides magic, what's your favorite book uh, of all time? And what book are you currently reading?
1: Mm. Magic is definitely on the top of that list, but you said without magic. So, since I've got into business and relating to real estate, I would say the number one book um, would be Traction. Okay. That is a game changer for people. Okay. Um, it's something i go back to now I, the current books that i'm reading i actually read a few at a time <laughs> so it's a little mm-hmm. different uh yeah. the two two top books that i'm reading right now though is one you you can't get but i'll say it anyways it's a black book from wake up warrior you you have to get it on special from them only so that one's pretty pretty amazing it's probably going to turn into my favorite book once i finish it i think um pretty amazing stuff so far. And the other one, someone just recommended to me, and I will tell you I'm more than halfway through it, and this one could turn into one of my favorite business books ever too. It's called Rework. Okay. that's an amazing book so
0: far. Okay. Awesome. Guys, those will also be in the show notes. Uh, So make sure you go to the website, flippingrealestatelikethepros.com. Find Rob's episode, and you'll also have links to those two books if you want to order them on Amazon. So Rob, any parting words that you'd like to give the Alliance before we get out of here for today? Yeah, guys, um, just true to that word, alliance, right? Make
1: alliances, build relationships. Um, It's easier than you think it is, it's just saying hi, right, it begins there. But do that, build relationships, because relationships will be the catalyst that makes you a ton of money. And then again, coming back to the number one thing that um, keeps you successful, be consistent, whatever you decide to do. And I think like Greg said it earlier, right, if you're gonna spend a few hours a week on this, you can do it, but you're not, I, I agree that you're not going to be as successful as if you were 100% doing something. I mean, it's just the way it is. And then whatever you decide, be consistent with that decision.
0: Boom. Love it, man. Rob, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and being here with us today. Yeah, uh, thank you. hopefully I'll see you around town sometime soon. I'm sure we will. All right. Cool, man. Thanks. Thank you. You've just listened to another Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros podcast. You're another step closer to fulfilling your dreams as a successful real estate entrepreneur. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide into this exciting venture called real estate investing. For more information, visit our website at www.flippingrealestatelikethepros.com. Catch you on the Flip Side Alliance.